Hi, welcome to Conversations with Sammy. I am your host, and I'm so glad you're here. I believe in the miraculous impact of a powerful storytelling. And right here is where I invite everyday people like you and I to share their real, raw, and unedited journeys. In our conversations, we express our feelings, we celebrate our struggles, we share our visions, and together we aim to live a more fulfilling life. In this conversation, I speak with Nathan Diva. He's charming, handsome, and full of life. Nathan shares his uneasy emotional experiences as a young boy and as a grown gay man living in America. We talk about internalized fears, children and parent relationships, romantic intimacy, self-love, and collective awakening as a whole. Enjoy. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Sammy. How are you today? Doing well. Just having my Starbucks in the morning. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Thank you for that. And uh, and cheers to being here. Thank cheers. you for coming. Yeah. So we planned this um, conversation for today, June 1st, and uh, without even imagining where we would be in the world today. There's yeah. a lot going on on yeah. here in Chicago as well. We're actually in Boys Town. Yeah. And um, actually, it's a pretty good topic to to touch on, which, like I said, we've planned. Um, Nathan, I met you in the recovery community about a year and a half ago, and I've been seeing you around. And I don't just, remember. Yeah, yeah, I want to tell you that I've um, been watching you and been hearing you, and you are uh, definitely uh, an inspiration for, for my own growth and, and recovery. So thank you for I that. I appreciate you saying that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good to be know that someone has been seeing me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing and I often too think that um, you know maybe I'm not contributing as much as I should be or this or that but then when people tell me something like mm -hmm. I I told you it's it's a huge gift to know that yeah. the story is very powerful um, and this is one of the reasons I started the podcast and that's why you're here right. your story is very rich uh, mm -hmm. but today we're gonna focus on you and your experience and then struggles and wins as a gay man um, mm -hmm. And from India so I'm gonna start with a question that I thought would be a good good way and then we'll dive into um, and the question would be what is your earliest memory of feeling different um, as a gay boy the gay boy yeah well my earliest memories I'll, I'll say a couple of them where I significantly noticed that I am my, my my reaction to the outside is different than my, my peers so one is my elder brother and me, we had like a nine-year gap. So when I was six or seven, he was already in his teens. And he would bring a bunch of friends after school. They will all come in their bicycles. And then I would have this bubbly feeling, you know, joy of, what is it, this, I think, butterflies flying in my belly feeling. Whenever some of his friends come over, I'll be so excited to talk to them and reach out to them. And I, there, was not, there was not necessarily a sexual overtone to it, but the excitement is undeniable. And then also, when I got into my early teens, my friends would make so much effort to talk to women, to talk to the girls in the class, because I, I was in a co-ed school, and they would go above and beyond to say hi to a particular girl in a particular way. I am there talking with them for 30 minutes, you know, because I have no interest in sports. Like, 
mm-hmm. like whenever all the guys are uh, playing i would be in the playground with the girls just just commenting on every other guy so i always felt a sense of belonging and all these girls in my class they never felt threatened by me so in a way these guys kind of like alienate me saying you are different than us you know you are not coming to play with us you are always chatting with girls you know so i don't know in india in that context there was things like gay lesbian and all this nobody knew the knew the nomenclature so so i knew i was different even before i realized i was gay you know yeah yeah that's yeah um yeah and you you said you know no one was really talking about it so you weren't even aware that there is such distinguish between people yeah. right As no kid, not know? at all like no, especially in countries like india growing up in a gay man in 80s to me i would say that there is no awareness of anything gay like there is nothing there like there is no the world doesn't exist you know that that there is a gay man out there or or, or a lesbian woman out there mm-hmm. so i have to i have, but i knew that this thing i'm feeling is not something anybody outside is going to acknowledge anybody is going to accept so I, i i immediately know that the point of me knowing i'm i am gay and the point of me not wanting to tell anybody is the same point you know with no support network i just had to deny it to myself yeah. my first denial started with me that i'm not that guy <laughs> mm-hmm. and you said you know you started uh, or you knew did you start hearing um somewhere around you that it wasn't the right thing or there was some kind of a punishment um in your community or in the city you lived how did you know it wasn't well actually when i got into my early teens the there the was this uh, friend of mine who was in my neighborhood and uh, actually i was uh, like these were like two brothers you know the i think younger brother was my age he was my peer and then he had a elder brother who was like one or two years elder than him so somehow i think he approached me or i approached him one day in, in my early teens and we started getting somewhat physical and then i realized that oh my god this feels so good like you know <laughs> i have no connection with his brother you know his brother is boring and this guy is good so it somehow i think we we started becoming seeing each other for a on and off for like four years and then once once my aunt one of my aunt we she caught us holding hands in a very intimate way and then she told us okay what is going on here she just got angry mm-hmm. and then then i knew a very from her face reaction that whatever i'm doing is completely not acceptable mm-hmm. so i had to hide it better from now on you know mm-hmm. so that just started a pattern of you know i i will accept my need to connect with a man in in whatever capacity and i'll also aware that my i have to keep it everything away from my life so it's like those two splits started right there you know mm-hmm. with knowing the reaction it generated in the person who who I really respected you know right yeah and so what was it like living um hiding like really who you are and and thinking there's something wrong with me did you ever had that feeling uh it was not like i was hiding who i was i was hiding myself i was right. hiding myself from myself so i had to put the shell persona the persona of a shell who would completely be like i think i had to change pronouns you know when i grew up in my 20s because i lived in india for like 28 years when the period when i have my job and my friends are going on dating they start talking about their crush i had to change the gender pronouns consciously i had to say he to she all the time hey i met this she that time we went to a movie together so i always have to be aware so it means i cannot be authentic 
So whatever validation they're giving me, they're not giving to me. They're giving to the shell of a person who I am for them. So no matter what they say, it's it's not it's, it doesn't come as authentic. And even among my friends, the people I know who are gay like me, we would not talk. We would not talk overtly. You know, like we would never say that I like you or uh, like I want to be with you. Like like there was this. I remember clearly there was this movie about Harvey Milk which came in 2008. There is a close friend of mine. He and me we we go on bike trips. We just did everything a, like a romantic couple would do except sex. That is, you know, mm-hmm. we even slept in the same bed, but we just felt each other's comfort. That's all, you know. We didn't go any further. But then he took me to this Harvey Milk movie because the movie was playing in Bangalore, and he said you should see this movie. I want you to see this movie and then he dragged me to the movie and we saw I cried at the end of the movie but we just said no word I I I didn't ask him why did he take me to this movie and he didn't tell me why he wanted me to see the movie we just never said anything mm. the best closest intimacy we had was we were sitting in a waterfall he took me to a waterfall and we we found a rock within the waterfall like in the back side we both were sitting with holding hands with the drizzle falling in front of us and i thinking we we must have been there for like 30 minutes but we never talked about it we never talked about what that moment meant for both of us mm-hmm. yeah it's it's like those are the moments where it just breaks the heart because i have to hide myself from myself i couldn't be authentic at all yeah 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 i definitely relate um hiding those feelings from myself and denying um that I, there was a definitely a, a strong desire and and later the sexual desire towards a woman for me and mm-hmm. I still ignored it till mm-hmm. my early 20s yeah. dated men and drank a lot I think that was my solution for That me. was mine too. Yeah. I used to drink. I used to go with this guy on a trip and then we both will get drunk. Mm-hmm. I will lock myself in my room and I'll just cry like you know why can't I be with him? Why why doesn't he understand that we come to this place and like there's no communication. And then never once this guy told me that i love you or like you nothing we do everything together he understands that i like him he and he like he likes me but we never said a word to it yeah. and and the people who i really meet for physical intimacy are the people who don't even say the real name it we both will meet and have have sex so called sex and with no connection we both will hate each other after the moment it's over so i would meet with this anonymous unknown persons who don't name is not even real and have physical sex with them and the people who really connect on an emotional level they don't want to go past that because like there is a threat to mixing the sex and emotion part so i had to we had to keep that separate completely separate so wow that's so interesting so wait let's go back you would meet with someone anonymous that you haven't ever met in your life to no for physical contact yeah i'll meet them through websites and apps whatever I will have sex with them physically have sex with them but then I would I know that I would never meet with them again mm. and even if I meet we will never talk about anything else we would not even say hi it is let's have sex and let's get the needs met and you are out I am out that's it we are done yeah so the people I have sex with who I who have no who I don't want to know anything about my personality and people who have I who I have feelings and you know social connection I can't be sexual with them mm. because it threatens right. because in a way in india if you look at the way it is still today it still exists is that i did my research to see how i can probably accept my sexuality i found the transgender community the community of which where people transgender from male to female or female to male that is the only community outside of the straight i think 
heterosexual community who formed an identity like like there is a communal sense and when people want to transition and they join them they have a sense of community mm-hmm. so i questioned myself if i was transgender i watched a lot of documentaries in non nagio and i said you know am i a transgender do i am i a woman in a man's body then i had to say that i'm not i'm clearly not a woman in a man's body i am a man in a man's body who like a man so i figured that community is not the answer for me because i'm not willing to give up the way i who i am as a man to just have a sense of belonging i would rather hide who i am and stay with the generalized community and keep my instincts to you know to the to my hidden world and pour a lot of alcohol right <laughs> to keep it some i think submerged <laughs> mm-hmm. that's yeah. so interesting because i do um i found myself thinking also would would it be better if i was actually in a man's body but then that thought would it wasn't connecting with him like no mm. this is not you know going back to doing research and i mm-hmm. did that early early mm. um i think i was around 16 or 15 i started doing research why is this happening and mm-hmm. i remember i found an article which now sounds um like not not true mm-hmm. it said you know it's normal for teens and perhaps it is to to have like questions and and question their identity and like sexual orientation and usually that all goes away yeah. after 18 years old so that was the article right and i remember waiting impatiently to turn 18 so for that feeling to go away oh, okay. you know yeah. and that was the opposite that everything yeah. just started to get stronger and um it yeah. was I was like wow now what i'm screwed you know so that feeling no children i believe based on whatever i did in after i came out i did a lot of reading before i can accept myself fully i found that children engage in sexual play even when they're 6 or 7 mm-hmm. they just roll around each other and all this but there is nothing to do with sex that just nothing to do with you know being children being children only adults can project their own image of sexuality on the children because i remember me fooling around or just rolling around with a with like with a relative girl of mine she she was like one year older than me i must have been eight she must have been nine one day we both were rolling around in the floor at that point i didn't even care if she was a female or male i, I didn't know the difference you know mm-hmm. so we were just rolling around and somebody came in and say what are you doing you can't do this she's a girl you're a man like in my brain i was like i was just rolling around with her you know mm-hmm. to me it's like it's not about me being gay or straight it's just being children being children like that doesn't have any sexuality to it only we adults can project the sexuality onto children and spoil it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so it has nothing to do with until i came to my puberty then i knew you know mm-hmm. this is what i want and somehow I, i believe that my mother knew long before me that i was gay because she would not allow me to play with any kids in the street all the boys in my street they will go and play as soon as my mother notices that i'm playing with the boys she will give me a task you know mm. another movie mommy dearest where i think john rivers asks her daughter christina to mop clean scrub i was i i was a christina of my mom if she sees me playing with guys i'll have to scrap something mop something clean something go and buy something my mom kept me away from boys all the time she must have known long before i did but mm. she's still in denial to this day <laughs> mm. even yesterday i spoke to my mom she said you know you are the one i think i you know i missed marrying you to a woman like it's as almost as a mom it's been 10 years since i've been openly gay no but still if i would have married you you would have stayed with the girl anyways you know it doesn't matter yeah. to her <laughs> yeah so she's thinking she messed up in this or or yeah. not you know wow. she should have married me to a woman before i came out as gay that doesn't make any sense 
Yeah. But he, he, in her mind, it makes sense to her. Right. And actually, this brings me to a, a good point where... Um, so, I, your own opinion, mm-hmm. you know, because parents and maybe generations or maybe just lack of mm-hmm. experience or knowledge in people, a lot of... I hear the... You know, it's a choice. We choose to be and we choose to be sinners, some people say. Yeah, particularly gay. Yeah. 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 And, you know, maybe if, you know, you were married to a woman at a particular age, then Mm -hmm. maybe you wouldn't be gay. So all of these kind of um, ideas floating around. What do you think? Do you think one is born homosexual or that happens in particular age? Well, I actually, I must have read like 100, like not 100, let's say. A lot of books. Because when I came into this country, because that can explain, I'll give you a context here. Mm-hmm. Is that when I, I landed in America in 2010, on the first day, I went to Union Station in Chicago. And that time, borders, I think bookstore borders was open. And then they had this book with this very handsome man in the cover. I didn't even know. Like, that was my first day in America. I saw this handsome man's face in, in the book cover. I bought the book without even knowing what the hell that book was. I bought the book. It, then it's my first week. I was not even working. I was in my home in Evanston. I read the book. That was a book of Ricky Martin, his memoir. Yeah. And I just bought it for the cover. I judged the book by the cover without knowing what the hell it is. And then I read the book. As I'm reading the book, and finally to the point he, came, he comes out as gay, at that thing, he came out in the late 30s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh my God. I relate 100% to this man. And if he came out at that 38 age, he had to hide it so long. I have nothing to lose. Yeah. I have nothing to lose if I come out. You know, maybe I am like him, you know. Then I went to the library in Evanston. I picked up like 10, 20 books by, by professors, by religious people who just said, who just wrote all the anti-gay stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I read both sides because at that time I was not fully gay to myself. I read both sides of the spectrum. You know, where people deny that, you know, hey, your father was distant, your mother was smothering you, that's why you turned gay. Or you got molested by a man, that's why you turned gay. All those arguments versus you are inherently, you know, have tendency to lean to a man. You are a man who added to a man. So then pros and cons waiting in three months time, it took me three months to come to my own judgment, is that I am born this way. Truly, you know, it could be that, you know, Maybe, unfortunately, like, for example, a lot of straight men get abused by men. It, it doesn't make them straight as much as, you know, me having sex with earliest experience with a man didn't make me gay. It was just that I was gay and someone saw the tendency in me and we and he turned sexual when I was teen. You know, and he, he was also a teen. So my mother blames him, that guy who had, who had first some sex with, he blames him for turning me gay and she blames herself for turning me gay because she thought that I should not have I should not have allowed you into the kitchen because you know that's what turned you gay and I tell mom you kept inviting all our brothers to to help you in the kitchen but none of them wanted because they didn't want anything to do with those kind of tasks and I was interested mm-hmm. so I didn't I, I didn't say no because I felt comfortable doing those things because I'm gay so she, she, you know, you, you can put the cart before the, I, I, I don't know what are the proverb is, cart before the bull or whatever. Mm-hmm. So people can, can interpret things differently. My father was distant because he didn't know how to connect with a flamboyant kid who was growing up. He, in his own insecurity, and he didn't have resources like P-Flag or whatever we have here in, the, in today's community, he didn't have resource. 
for him to learn that his, his one of his style is different so he withdrew mm. from me and that made my mo- my mother to overcompensate and then take me closer so these things happen due to the fact that i am this way but they didn't make me this way right so i am convinced that you know and and i do believe that there are men who are like bisexual or there are people who can switch you know so recently i saw a movie like like an australian movie it's called cut snake it's it's about a man two heterosexual men who actually in prison and they meet due to some violence one man leans to other man for for safety and comfort and they have a loving relationship for 4 years mm-hmm. so that movie beautifully depicts how two men can due to circumstances come together they really can love each other but then once they are out of prison one man understands that you know i am not gay i just happened to sleep with him for a while and love him but now i want to be with a woman you know he moves on but the other guy is not able to move on he says that you are the only man who loved me ever only human being who loved me ever you have to be with me so the whole conflict forms the movie it's a beautiful movie in a way that he tells him in the end that dude i loved you i really loved you for 4 years you are my love but now i moved on now i am in love with my girlfriend i want to be with her can't you understand that i moved on my love for you was real and it is real but i can't do it anymore i'm done so so it's like you know it's like a much complicated thing it's like i can that can happen because people have people can be bisexual and they can circumstantially fall in love with someone but that doesn't mean you know we don't have to put them in box you know if you are gay you have to be this way you know all this mm. humans okay. are much more fluid than that you know i love that i wrote down the the name of the movie cut snake yeah, cut snake beautiful movie it. yep sounds like a, a story that i was involved in back mm-hmm. in back in the day with yeah. someone who also just couldn't you know respond the same way i wanted and yeah. then now it's like it's okay you know we're not all yeah i cared about you then but mm-hmm. it's not you know my mother told me even yesterday in a phone call that you know you know do you remember you said yes to so many girls to get married you know if i i would have went ahead and did it for one of the girls you would be married by now yes mom yes that's possible because i am in india there are millions of gay men and women in india lesbians in india who are marrying opposite sex because in india being openly gay is like standing in front of a tsunami wave in a shore and unexpecting that that wave would not throw you off you know mm. i can do that i cannot have a respectable living in india i could not have being a openly gay man i remember when i was working in india in a big company we had a team back in chicago and there was one man who was married to a who was gay and he had a husband right and there are we'll be in conference calls back in india and when he says something or he says something the whole team will go on a mute and they'll make some sarcastic gay joke and everybody will laugh i'll be like freaked out and then because uh, i'm gay guy who's in hiding and i'll be like oh my god these people are really like think that way and then they will unmute and they'll talk to him as if everything mm-hmm. is fine so i was on the other side so i knew what the colleagues i work with how they react when someone is openly gay so i couldn't have had a decent living in india as openly gay man and that is true to this day in india yeah, yeah. and when i took that flight from 2010 like when i caught the fly from new delhi to chicago in a way i was leaving a world which was pre stonewall back in india being a gay man you know so india is still in the that time it was still crime to be gay you know because sodomy was illegal at that time 
2010. So I caught a flight in 1960s world and I landed in 2010 America. So that one 14 hour flight journey, I crossed 50 decades, sorry, five decades. Mm. And I'm dumped in this, I'm in this place where I had to now integrate my past and present. So that's been the journey in the last 10 years. I've been trying to accept myself Mm. because coming out is one thing. Like I I told everybody I'm gay, but I still didn't fully accept. So it came through many, many years and many, many experiences that now I can tell in 2020 that I'm fully accept myself to be a gay, being a gay man. And I want to be in relationship with loving relationship with other gay men. Yeah. And um, correct me if I'm wrong. After reading the Ricky Martin book, which I also read several years back, it's yeah. a beautiful memoir. Beautiful. Um, you're accepting yourself as a gay man. Did that start in the United States? After? It started, yeah. It started. It Actually, the awareness started. The name gay came from that book, actually. Because mm-hmm. I didn't even know when I caught the flight in India that I would be, I would go through this journey. I did not know. And then I, I, I saw the book. I read the book. And then I went to Evanston Library and picked a bunch of other books. One of the books is like a Northwestern professor, he wrote a book called The Man Who Would Be Queen. I believe that's the name. That professor is a professor in sexuality and he explained whole spectrum of gay, lesbian, transgender and all the spectrum in scientific terms. A man who would be queen. I think that's the name from a Northwestern professor. That's another beautiful book. And then I wanted to read the other side. I read another book about a Orthodox Christian guy who just vehemently denied existence of any kind of sexuality apart from heterosexuality i read his his book too to see what is the counterpart and then i came to my own conclusion that that guy is simply putting simply confusing cause and effect you know Mm -hmm. and he's mistaking it yeah and then i I, i'm at peace then i came out then once i knew in my heart of hearts that this is what i am if i'm ever going to be authentic and not wanting to be suicidal for the rest of my life Mm. i have to accept myself yeah. Yeah. That's the first step. <laughs> first, first step. The very first step. Yeah. Um, let's see. So now you're in the United States and you're, 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 the awareness is there and you're really curious, you're reading, you're exploring. And so let's talk a little bit about relationships because the relationships you had, you know, mm-hmm. having physical contact with someone anonymous and then really mm-hmm. not being engaged emotionally with someone you really like. Yeah. How was the relationships for you in the United States, your very first one did? Relationships. Well, I would say relationships, it's still difficult to me at this age because I've dated on and off, but 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 never more than a long term. It's also uh, like I would want to be, uh, make a sidebar here that, you know, the, my relationship struggles, I believe predominantly come from me growing up in a very, very dysfunctional family setting. So that actually, that actually colors a lot of my relationship troubles, you know, the way, sorry, the way I was raised. So that is given that. But even within, just in the context of gay men, initially, I actually had trouble having emotional feelings for men. I just couldn't have. I just couldn't generate loving feelings for someone who I am who I want to be physically intimate with. Because I see somebody as physically attractive and I see somebody else as emotionally, you know, I want to be with this person, but I could never do both at the same time. So that's a journey of integration that of I think what two decades of keeping them separate, how to integrate it on top of all the dysfunctions. So one thing which actually helped me was finding a community of fellow gay men, which I found in this community here, 
in recovery that you know i can have friendships mm-hmm. i can have friendships where i can be authentic where i can celebrate being gay you know because i used to judge like someone like for for example drag queens right mm-hmm. like, like in my early times someone took me to a drag queen show and then i really did not know that those were all men <laughs> <laughs> because i figured they're all women how can men be like that you know yeah. after the show ended someone told me that oh do you know that they're all drag queens what do you mean drag queen and he said they're all women i was outraged how dare men dress like a woman mm. what kind of silliness is this you know yeah, yeah. i was shocked <laughs> Yeah. Really I couldn't even accept drag queen growing up in India that oh, how dare men dress like women that's not good you know so it took me I had to accept those kinds of me that oh my god now I think the drag queens are funny hilarious they are amazing they are inspiration mm-hmm. so those kind of things you know to me I found my internalized homophobia because 30 years of growing up in India I had to internalize all the oppression I felt as a gay man and I kept it within myself so for many many years after in US whenever i see a, a heterosexual man and woman holding hands and kissing i would think oh they're sweet you know they're being nice mm-hmm. but then when i see a gay man in target holding hands and trying to kiss each other i would be this anger with erupt within me how dare you do this in front of me you know mm-hmm. i am being a gay man i would ask myself dude you are acting like this hardcore anti gay guy mm-hmm. so then i had to really process in my therapy that oh my god that is my internal homophobia So I can I I have no problem seeing a heterosexual couple holding hands but the moment a gay man holds hands I am angry but then digging deep I found that I in India growing up in India I have foreclosed to the possibility that I will ever have a intimate romantic connection with a man because I have foreclosed that possibility to me when someone is displaying it in front of me they hey look we are emotional we can be physical we have a loving relationship that threatens my internalized belief mm. false belief that i will never have that you know yeah so then i had to go and work with my own anger and my own internalized homophobia to the point where i can have the same loving feelings looking at a gay couple in a loving embrace you know mm. it took many years of work because this internalized homophobia doesn't go away just like just because i want it to go away you know yeah wow that's beautiful what a Yeah. beautiful realization and i really relate you know when it comes to um women uh, a lesbian woman mm-hmm. there's these terms of butch lesbian femme lesbian mm-hmm. tomboy um whatever else is out there and i uh, some years back i looked very different i had long hair and oh, i considered okay. myself very femme and mm-hmm. i remember having this judgment towards lesbian women who looked more like butch which yeah. means shorter yeah, maybe, hair yeah. saggy pants mm-hmm. maybe more like masculine yeah. features and it you know I smile about it now that the more I am comfortable with who I am mm-hmm. within myself and my feminine and masculine values yeah. I I I now see that I am okay with whoever chooses to be which way yeah. and whichever term they use to describe my mm-hmm. themselves and uh so yeah, I relate to the drag uh drag yeah. queens um I've only seen a couple shows in my life but I really I think it's so cool I oh adore God, them yeah. I mean I could not be I also yeah. like I can't believe that's actually a man underneath all of yeah. they look really real really really oh my god amazing <laughs> like real women yeah. yeah it's cool I have to say that you know yeah I was also like uh, like with that I want to add that I actually recently like last year last October I was in a conference where where there was a one panel 
where the panel was about I think homophobia I think external and internal what I found out is that me growing up in India like like there were around 80 gay men and lesbian and women both you know what I found out is I I saw these three different cohorts of people the first cohort were people who grew up in 50s and 60s right mm-hmm. 50s 60 mid 70s so they had the same level of sentiment towards being gay as me growing up in India so I was able to relate my thought patterns and my homophobic tendencies with them and then the most the most youngest generation who grew up in late 80s and 90s where the gay movement you know we're talking about post Anita Bryant you know after the Harvey Mill came you know after there was some sort of acceptance these men don't have a sense of this anything wrong with me so they are like they are they're same as a heterosexual man or woman who just trying to come to terms with their sexuality but then there is this in between people in their 30s and 40s they had struggles early on but they were able to overcome with the support because some sort of support started coming in 90s and 2000s so i see these three waves of gay men one who have been immensely oppressed and they are still dealing with their own internalized oppression and one who has not seen this this oppression and they wonder why others are reacting different way than them even within the community and this in-between group who have who are kind of overcoming or overcome to most extent what they have gone through as a gay man or, or a woman you know yeah and i relate unfortunately to not my age group but the age group above me mm. so that's my that like that's been my journey to understand that you know you know what i have tendencies like them and i can grow you know i'm able to i have resources i don't have to worry now i'm an american citizen i don't have to go back to india or do anything to sacrifice anything for my own mm-hmm. I, i i can be here i can build a life and i am entitled to as much love and happiness as anybody else in the world you know absolutely yeah. and um what's coming up for me you know talking to you now is um been think reflecting on it in the last couple of days and just the events that's going on in the world the racial and all mm-hmm. um to me it seems like this division between humanity either it's homosexuality mm-hmm. race culture religion the inequality between gender men and women is something that is thought like in my mind every single human is born out of love mm-hmm. and we as children are the reflection of real pure human heart and then as we grow we are thought and instill these beliefs mm-hmm. in school and society and families that certain human rights are not okay and you know the more i'm healing the more i'm recovering and shifting my beliefs it's just what a bizarre concept to distinguish one another and mm-hmm. you know develop this belief that because there is a label on that man as a gay man it, it it just blows my mind and it does not make sense the more i think about it how what a fascist terrible way of treating humanity the complete disconnect division by all of these um separations that we do and i started to question what is who is behind all of this you know who is the, the that the, the small percent of people perhaps the societies that instill these beliefs in the education and in in society and in the news constantly um and it's possible to not uh dwell on those like i too was against everything mm-hmm. i believe today even you know disliking mm-hmm. <clears throat> hating myself for being a lesbian or even an immigrant or mm-hmm. this and that but 
the more I challenge myself, the more I question things. I'm like, that is not true. I don't have to live that way. Yeah. And but a lot of people don't thing. know that. A lot of people no. don't know that, you know, like what is really in play is I believe is the irrational fear. Mm-hmm. The irrational fear of the unknown. And people are just stuck in that fear and that fear drives them. See, I w- I would say the paradox of I guess I think of people I've talked to a few people who really believe that, you know, like who really have in my mind very close-minded, you know. Even I can be I, like I am close-minded at at some of the elements but what i found is behind all this close mindedness is this need for protection mm-hmm. you know if i if if i allow myself to open it i will i'll be broken you know like they want to protect their viewpoint because they feel safe in there and without realizing that even if they open up themselves it is still safer it's still safe like they are nobody is going to violate like before this gay marriage got legal in what five years ago people said that if gay marriage is legal nobody will have children nobody will get married now i see more gays are getting married and now more children are being adopted like none of this was true mm-hmm. but 5 years ago everybody believed that you know i think churches will close down you know everybody will be all the heterosexual man will be dragged to marry a man you know yeah it's just ridiculous things but but i do believe that you know when society did not threaten us like i'll say up until the 80s nobody really bad bad an eye about what it was like what, like until the whole aids crisis happened that that i believe that the i think what what happened with the aids crisis is kind of opened the eyes to the society oh my god so many men dying you know he's my cousin he's my neighbor he's my son so then it become personal then it become personal as a society we have to collectively look at like what is it who is the person getting impacted it is someone i care so this this things what's happening right now is that i guess it's opening the collective eye of the humanity to see the horrors which has been happening for a while but nobody cared because it doesn't it didn't impact them personally now it's impacting personally a lot of people now from this will come a transformation where as a society we will step into the next level where because we can only go step by step where we are because we couldn't have gone from stonewall riots to next day marriage equality you know it took like five decades yeah so we can only start from where we are but as, but as long as the collective consciousness opens up we will move to the next step it is part of evolution and and evolution is not linear things change doesn't happen linearly mm-hmm. but as long as the consciousness awakes it can move forward you know? yeah yeah that's a beautifully put beautifully said mm-hmm. and i you know believe in it i see so much of awakening happening and and especially in the midst of this disaster and all the the mm-hmm. global happening right now the movement um a lot of people are waking up and and including myself mm-hmm. like this lockdown has been such a deep reflection on myself my my inner self and you know being still oh my god stillness. this lockdown is a blessing for me mm-hmm. because because i'm a mother i'll say thank mom i'll say that because i I was put to work in the kitchen all the time so mm-hmm. to keep me away from the boys I developed this inherent hatred towards being in my kitchen I never cooked in my life up until this year mm-hmm. I would avoid kitchen like a plague you know I will use like 2 minutes of microwave and then run out of kitchen because I developed this phobia of you know being in the kitchen and trapped like I was in childhood because of the quarantine and all the restaurants are closed <laughs> for the early part and then now I learned to cook Now I baked recently for the first time in my life at what 38 year old gay man 
baking i was so much joy when i saw all all the cupcakes came out of this plate oh my god is happening <laughs> i didn't believe that it would happen for me you know yeah. so i'm cooking now i'm baking now i feel like you know finally i am i'm i'm coming to my i've kind of overcome my drama of the my childhood of the fear that you know what i can cook so and i my home i make it comfortable because i'm there 24 hours a day 7 days a week so i am making it i'm making my home like cleaned up every closet is cleaned so i feel more at home than before the quarantine started so so to so despite the fact that it cut all my social so all my social activities now what i realize is that i was distracting myself 22 hours a day or i'll say 8 hours i sleep but then every other time i was outside my home keeping myself busy in different kind of volunteering activities mm-hmm. but now i see you know what i like being in my home you know i want to now pick and choose what i want to do uh, socially i want to spend more time in my home yeah so that is something which came out of this quarantine so i do believe that whatever is happening you know there will be something good come out of it if i choose to look at it from a if i bring my consciousness to it yeah i agree yeah. and uh that saying you know it gets really bad before it gets really good yeah. i think yeah. this is exactly what's going on yeah. even though sometimes it's hard to believe that anything good can come out of as we yeah as we go through it yeah, but it does eventually it does because it, that's how evolution works you know things go things go bad and then they go good like you know yeah and uh you know even they say you know you put the seed underneath mm-hmm. the ground so it has to go through all that darkness and 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 yes. and coldness and not knowing if it's ever going to reach the light and then it does and then it blooms and then yeah. it's beautiful so one of the poet i admire i think what khalil i think khalil gibran he talked about pain the quote he made was in the poetry is that the pain your pain is the cracking open of your shell of your under, of your existing understanding so when your existing level of understanding cracks open then you think it's pain but it's really the growing a seed trying to grow mm-hmm. so so hope, be with it then you will grow out of it you know you don't have to stay in the darkness of your own understanding because we all have to understand at some point to make context we make a certain context then we grow within that context then when time comes the world cracks open the context mm. and then we grow to a different context because we need a close structure to grow i do believe that you know what kids needs to be close minded they grow up close minded because they need the certainty like for example i have a friend's daughter my goddaughter who's like 6 years old now the first time she was playing with something with blue and pink stuff no like she had stickers you know? mm-hmm. blue stickers pink stickers and she just showed me you know hey uncle you want one sticker take it no i being a gay man i picked the pink sticker she started crying at 4 years old she's crying and i asked why are you crying she said no you are your man you are supposed to take a blue sticker why are you taking a pink sticker that's for girls i was like amazed oh my god yeah <laughs> her world view is that men take boys take blue stickers girls take pink stickers mm-hmm. and sh- her world view is being shattered at that moment and she's in pain yeah. <laughs> and then i put down then i take both stickers and you know, how about i take both stickers and then i started gently introducing pink into her life you know i'll wear pink shirt one day i will tell i will ask her beforehand hey if i wear pink is it okay with you she's like yeah okay you know come come to come to see me it's okay you know so i had to really gently introduce the fact that it's not that binary mm-hmm. 
it's okay for me to take blue sometimes pink sometimes so in a way kids understand pretty quick yeah but she had to have that context a particular world view before she can come to the conclusion that you know this can change yeah yeah wow this is so cool like uh, just to see how early kids start to adopt those beliefs and and mm-hmm. really live in the in a box and um you know right now where i am in life with my comfort with who i am i i finally start to allow myself to walk through an aisle of mm-hmm. a of a man clothing because i want a particular fedora or a mm-hmm. hat and yeah. i cannot find it in women's yeah. department yeah. And before I would I would not know what to do with myself. I would like sneakily like mm-hmm. almost on my knees walk through what I you know or like the scents like cologne and perfume it's labeled mm-hmm. for 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 masculine and female. I'm like but I've always naturally liked the smell of more masculine. Yeah. Or even like the odor and so I'm like because I like it I'm going yeah. to buy it because that's that's okay. It doesn't yeah. going to make me into a man or there's nothing oh. to be ashamed of but yeah. i have been and and for a very long time and so you know the girl started to wake up at 4 and i'm mm. waking up in my 30s but i guess it's it is what it is we have yeah. a journey you know see i like the smell of jasmine mm-hmm. like jasmine is beautiful and my friend's wife even brought me a when she she bought a i think a jasmine flavored cologne like for herself she bought one for me and then i use it only when i'm with myself because what i found out is that with gay men that's like a very feminine cologne a lot of gay men i'm attracted to don't like it they're like dude you smell like a woman and i'm like oh damn because no. i like yeah. it it's okay but they don't like it so I, i i understand them so i use it only when i'm at home you know mm-hmm. so i do like those things and i allow myself to feel my to feel being a feminine at sometimes yeah. and then when i'm outside i do i do use what you know i like you know mm-hmm. so i can embrace things for myself and i can embrace I can change things when it's when it when I I'm with someone you know because yeah. we need to have a shared interest. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah. I too. Um carefully still because yeah. there's the fear of not being accepted and being called wow you smell like a man or, or exactly. you are Exactly. And still there is that fear but slowly and like you said starting yeah. to experience at home like wearing whatever we want in our yeah. own house exactly. and being okay yeah. with it. Yeah. Um I had a thought I wanted to maybe talk about a little bit at the very beginning you know and and um, maybe some listeners will be who are listening in a in a similar shoes at the very beginning where mm-hmm. it's so freaking scary and you mentioned that before Nathan in our conversation that there is this fear and to me what's underneath the fear of being myself is not being accepted mm-hmm. not belonging and like not being part of community it means death separation yes. i'm alone and on my own we and, put people in jail because we separate mm-hmm. them from every human contact Yeah. that's a sentence yeah when there is a separation it's actually jail it doesn't matter what kind of jail it is it can be a, for a kid within his own home mm-hmm. he would feel he's in jail because nobody nobody understands who he is so he has to hide who he is yeah. to feel belonging yeah. yeah and um i think you and i know that it takes uh, often um stepping out of that fear out of that comfort zone and mm-hmm. losing people i think that is the very scary part for at the beginning for myself too mm-hmm. losing my parents maybe they will completely disregard yeah. me yeah. Um, and i was literally ready for the 50-50 when i tell my mom and dad mm-hmm. coming out of the closet quote yeah. unquote okay. that that is the term right and none of n- neither of them said anything near what i expected but okay. the fear is that i will be losing my parents and my friends and and, mm-hmm. and my life will start to collapse because yeah. i am now start gonna come out and finally um be more of who I am 
so I wanted to ask um, you or if any, you have anything to add at the beginning, let's say if anyone is at a state which mm -hmm. is where they're they're scared and they're, they don't know what to do mm -hmm. and what will happen from your own experience, what do you what have to say to like a boy or a girl who's going through a lot or a man yeah. or a woman? Yeah, yeah, woman, know? yeah. They yeah, at any age right now. I know people who change, who realize their sexuality in mid-30s, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So in my, in my in my view, based on my experience, I would say that if I had to go back and do it, do my coming out all, all over again, I, I would say I would seek support first. You know, it may not be the family. It could be find the community. Find, you know, there is in this world today, there is so many organizations and groups where of like-minded people. If, if, if you're gay, if you're lesbian, find a place where you can have at least a few other people who can validate the reality for you. Because my acceptance came from people accepting, finding that one person who actually accepted me. Then it can expand. So find that there is always somebody who's, who's, who's really accepting you for who you are right now. You just have to find it. And once you find it, then they will hold on to you while you go through the separation. Not, not really a real separation, even the perceived separation in your mind. What would happen if you embrace yourself? Because with that strength, with that strength of leaning onto a support group and then you are able to let go of things which need to go and then you are able to build on that you know mm -hmm. and there are a lot of organizations today there are a lot of i would say the p flag is one where for parents who want to support their children they can go there uh, and for lgbt community there are many social avenues meetup groups so where people can find support first belong and then come out you know be be authentic and I wouldn't ask anybody to risk their life, you know, not having a place to be, not having a place to sleep. That is very unfortunate that this is happening for even to, to this day. But reach out for support, you know. Yeah. I, I support people through, you know, based on my journey, I always make sure that I share my journey with people so that they can connect to my past and then they can see their future in my present to some extent then they can see a progression from where they are today to where they could be at some point. So that is the journey. If their own parents or their own family community is able to provide, that's great. We don't even have to come out. We can just be. Mm -hmm. And people wouldn't automatically assume we are, we are heterosexual, you know. But up until we get to that point in all the, all the communities, we, we, we need to develop these structures where people who need can lean on to, can reach out to. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there is support out there and uh, as as one of the gay activists says i think dan savage you know says you know it gets better the whole campaign is i will say it got better for me because only after i came out and accepted myself i could work on anything else in my life mm -hmm. and my life in 10 years had transformed from the moment i came out to myself and everybody else it's still a journey but i would say only on that solid foundation i can build a life yeah because I and there is this documentary in Netflix. This guy who's a, this football player called I think Aaron Hernandez. He killed himself in the prison. Mm. That documentary is called Gladiator. It's a powerful, moving documentary of how one man's sexuality has literally destroyed him having a forty million contract with NFL to him killing himself in the prison in isolation. And towards the end of the documentary, they, they talk about you know they literally say that. 
he want, he couldn't accept his sexuality and he didn't reach out for help mm-hmm. so in a way it made me cry for days because i found that oh my god this man who had a 40 million nfl contract he couldn't come out to anybody even to his own wife who he had children with and that is unfortunate you know mm-hmm. if he could have come out as gay or even bisexual and found acceptance with one person he wouldn't have died or lot many people know all those crimes may not have happened mm. so wow. there are consequences to the society you know yeah certainly and um i want to add that i uh, for me certainly you know you're talking about the reaching out for help and the groups and there's so much help out there uh for me the f- i needed to feel safe Mm-hmm. whatever i say about myself because i didn't have that safety at home just like you my yeah. come from a pretty uh, uh dysfunctional household and for me having the safety and the opportunity to speak mm-hmm. without being interrupted yeah. given advice shame blamed it was like magic and i kept yeah. talking and people kept allowing me to speak and no mm-hmm. one shut me down or laughed at me i was like holy cow this is this is awesome i've never had that in my life and yeah. so being in these communities in these groups that is where the healing happens for me because of the safety of uh, being of the acceptance yeah. and the more i speak out my pains my hurts and and my celebrations in life um the more i am validated by yeah. by that acceptance of who i am so that was yeah we, have, we all need the validation only the because we 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 are born up, when we are born as kids we don't know what we feel it's only in the caretaker's face we realize what we are feeling so we need that mirrors to hold when that mirror would not reflect our inherent sexuality when that mirror is not providing us the reflection we turn it off mm. because i'm not seeing the refle- i'm not seeing my reality being reflected back so i will turn it off this part of me is not okay and that's when i went into that i will put a shell to you so even yesterday i was telling my mother that mom for 30 years you didn't know who i was you have no idea who i was so that's why you still believe that if you if you if only i got married to a girl i will be okay today you know you don't understand you mm-hmm. did not know your children and she started crying but that's a that's a sad reality is that there was no acceptance so she didn't know who i was really was yeah yeah so i wish you know a lot of like we don't have to do it in all the upcoming generations that children will be allowed and the and the parents and caretakers will reflect back their reality yeah 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 and um again a lot of what we believe and and how we think we should be it's it's all goes back to childhood and and also i would say that they they also need to be a support for parents because things have to change in a social spectrum as well because with my mom the fear is him she telling in india that she has a gay son the society will immediately blame her what did you do to turn him gay did did what did you do so so when the society is shaming the parent the parent puts the shame on the kid yeah so in this country especially in us we have this p flag where parents who really need to support they can reach out if at least one parent reaches out and gets support it will make a miracle for the child so it takes a society to change as well over time because we can't have individuals transform themselves without any social support so they both hand in hand we'll have a period of individual growth and the society will evolve yeah you know when we got the movie what's the movie i think brookback mountain right i cried in that movie mm-hmm. i relate to that movie you know i believed that i would be killed in india if i tell anybody that i was gay so i cried in the movie but i believe that movie made an impact in the overall community that oh my god this is what gay men go through yeah 
that triggers this compassion that you know we don't have to treat them like criminals anymore yeah it's a beautiful story there needs to be a social awareness parallel to the individual transformation yeah so with all the riots and everything happening that this is a moment where the social awareness is coming that you know hey they are humans you know we are we are all humans we need compassion not brutality yeah and um you know going back you know your your mother had the pressure and 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 everyone there's no blame i'm trying yeah, to say there's exactly. no one to blame and what happened has happened yes. and then the only way out of where we are in all this division and separation between one another is the awareness and shifting the beliefs that we are all okay and we yeah. all matter yeah. we're all equal so we have a role to play in the world yeah and when, when when we be that person then that one matchstick can light up a whole forest not the bad what i'm saying is one it all takes one spark of light yeah. so the first guy who i told in a very very drunken state that i'm gay and he didn't run away he said oh let's order one more beer man congrats mm-hmm. and that's all he said yeah and i was like that's it you're not running away from me and then i could tell to one other person mm-hmm. so you know that level i i knew that he would accept me and then we got drunk and i told him he didn't run away he didn't feel threatened with me mm-hmm. so yeah. that is the one spark which started this you know i'd say I I have come to terms and I tested with a safe person he didn't run away and that's that started the whole I think domino effect for me okay. so find that one person find that source where you can empower yourself and then more find that one trusting person who will accept you as yeah. you are at that moment yeah and um you know be the change you want to see in the world in the world yeah. that's one person at a time and it starts with you and I today so. you and I thank you for this opportunity to share my story yeah. this is something i don't know what context i would have shared this journey mm-hmm. but you provided me this beautiful platform and i think thanks you know i don't see my journey is anything special from anybody else but i do believe that maybe there is something somebody can get out of this journey of mine living 30 years in a country with closeted and 10 years trying to come out of the closet breaking yeah. that barriers i set for myself yeah i certainly got a lot and thanks mm-hmm. again for being here and i'm sure we're going to talk some more Thank with you, more Sammy. awesome topics definitely yeah. i appreciate the opportunity sami good to see you nathan talk good to you later good to see you yes bye hi bye. hi everyone yeah hey it's me again if you like this podcast and you're moved by it and it helped you and it resonates with you then subscribe and leave me a nice review it means so much to me and more importantly it helps other people to find this podcast <laughs>